0: following message is presented by first baptist church of morgan city louisiana for more information go to the website www.fbcmc.org now the message several months ago uh, we started in a fairly significant remodeling project at our home Uh, we had a few walls that needed to be moved around we had some tile that needed to be removed and replaced and uh The initial part, look, demolition, I love it. (laughs) I think everybody in here, I I think we'd say we're good at tearing things up. And so we we began this project, man, I got saws. And and what's neat about a remodel project is you always get to buy these new tools. I I really got to have this to get this job complete, you know. Uh, And so we got all the tools, got everything ready, got all the materials needed, got some quotes on some jobs that were a little bit too big for us to handle. Sledge hammers came out. Uh, the saws came out. Uh, back in Quincy, one thing that we're good with is chainsaws. I never did have to break down and use a chainsaw on this project, but I have before in the past. But uh, the demolition part was good. And I love taking a hammer and just chiseling stuff up and wrecking it down and, and stripping it down to where we need to start from. Putting it back together, that's a different story. Uh, I can do a little bit of sheetrock work. But let me just make this one thing perfectly clear. If you ever ask me to do this part of a job, I'm probably going to say no. I hate to paint. <laughs> I hate it with a passion. There's two things that I really hate. I hate to rake leaves and I hate to paint. I don't know what it is about it. It's just something about it that just doesn't sit well with me. Now, for one thing about it is, I'm not good with colors. <laughs> I never get involved in the color selection process. Some of you uh, compliment me on the suits and the, the outfits that I wear from one week to the next. Rest assured, I have absolutely nothing to do with it. It's always hanging up in the closet on Sunday morning. Everything's selected. The colors are matched up. I don't have anything to do with that. The only selection, the only request that I make is during football season, don't put me in no crimson red. I just ain't gonna happen. It, it's happened before, but, uh, generally she knows that that's my one standing order on that. But anyway, I, I hate to paint. And some of you love to paint. I'm glad for you. More power to you. Uh, that is your cup of tea. That is something that you like to do, but there's just something about taking a fresh coat of paint to a building on the outside or a room and you can just totally change the atmosphere and the look and the feel of a room just by the proper color selection by applying a little bit of paint. So normally what the first thing you do is you got your furniture, you got everything else that you try to match up with. You go to the paint store and you get all these swabs of paint and different colors and you try to bring them home and match them up to what you're trying to paint and you tell the person at the paint store, say, hey, this, this is the color that I want right here. I want you to mix this up for me. I need, you know, three or four gallons to do this whole room. They'll figure that up for you. And then you go home and you take this paint and you start getting everything ready. You tape up all your trim. Uh, you put your plastic down on the bottom so if you're a messy painter like me, you don't have to do the extra cleanup work. You get everything ready. But you know what? None of that does any good if you bring that paint home and just sit it there. You're not going to change the color of the room. You're not going to get anything done with that paint remaining in that can. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to get on there by itself. You have to get the other tools required. First of all, you got to have the little claw-looking thing, you know, that little silver hook that you pry the lid off with to get the lid open. you got to shake it up. you got to put it in a pan or the bucket or whatever you're using. Then you got to get the right tools to apply the paint. This is what makes the difference right here is getting what you have in the can, all of the other work that you've done, all the prep work, all the sheetrock work, all the tape work, everything that you've done so far leads up to this, taking what you have put, what you have prepared, and what you have selected and applying it to the wall, the ceiling, or whatever it is. You have to take it. You have to apply, you have to put one coat on and no matter what they tell you at the paint store, you're not going to get one coat coverage, are you? <laughs> it's usually going to take two or three coats. Sometimes you have to prime it before you put the paint on to make sure that the other colors, the old colors don't, don't bleed through. But this can of paint does absolutely no good unless you take it out of the can and begin applying it to the walls and then everything changes around you. So over the past Couple of months, we've been talking about hearing from God. What we've said, we've said this prayer: "Lord, open my ears and help me to hear what You are saying to me." And a couple of months now, I've given you several examples. I've given you Old Testament examples, New Testament examples. I've given you some personal examples of times that God has spoken to me, times that God has spoken to the prophets, times that God has spoke through the prophets. We've learned from our friend Jodan what it means to hear from God and then not do and not apply what God has spoken to us. And so I think one of these songs that we sang just a little while ago uh, has a lot to do with taking what we have learned and applying it to our life. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. In other words, take what I'm learning, God, and help me to apply it to my life. Break me, melt me, mold me, and fill me. In other words, change everything about me. Take what I have learned over the past couple of months about hearing from you, Lord, and apply it to my life and shape my life and fall fresh on me. Completely change who I am, what I look like, what I sound like, and what I think like. And I think that as a pastor, It would be completely wrong for me to go through a sermon series like this and not give you some practical application. And so that's my goal today is to help you see some things and to put into practice some things that will allow the Lord to speak to your heart directly. Not just from what you hear from me. I'm hoping that he does speak to you through what you hear on, on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights through my sermons. But what my goal is today is to get you as an individual on your own to learn how to put yourself in a position to hear from God and apply what he is speaking to your heart. So at the end of this sermon, there's going to be a challenge on the back side of your outline. Uh, there's a 30 day challenge that I'm going to ask you to take. Just try it out and see if it doesn't make a difference in your life. But I'm going to give you five points here in just a moment. Some steps that you can take to open your ears and open your heart and allow the Lord to speak to your heart. We're in the book of Psalms, chapter 62. You open your Bibles and stand for the reading of God's word. We'll read through this whole chapter and then we'll unpack it and we'll see some critical steps in this psalm that will help the Lord speak to your heart. And that that passage that I, I read just a moment ago during the announcements Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. And when the Lord begins speaking to you, just like we sang a moment ago, revive us, O Lord. God is going to revive your heart. He's going to revive this church, and he's going to revive this community that we live in. But there are some intentional steps that you have to take, and the bottom line is this, commitment. You've got to be committed to taking these steps and applying them to your life. Each and every day. Psalm 62, beginning in verse 1, it says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Once again, he goes back to this concept of waiting silently for the Lord. And next week, we're going to look at Daniel and the times that he used to sit silently before the Lord. And the Lord spoke through him in a mighty way. Verse 5, he says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my refuge and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are a vapor, men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are all together Lighter than vapor. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. God has spoken once. Twice I have heard this. That power belongs to him. You, uh, also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to each one according to his work. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord God, that we can discover this morning some practical ways that we can apply what we've been learning to our daily routine, Lord God. God, I pray that each and every person that is within the sound of my voice this morning, that they would say that it is an utmost important to meet with you each and every day. I pray that they would begin their day like this, Lord God, that they would be devoted to waking up and anxiously expecting something from you each and every day. Lord, I'm expecting to hear something from you right now. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts, Lord God, that the spirit of the living God would fall fresh upon this place, Lord God. And, Lord, while we have revival scheduled for February, I I don't see any reason at all why revival couldn't start today. And I believe it will happen, Lord God, if we'll commit ourselves to hearing from you and putting into effect these steps that we learned this morning. And Lord, most of all, if there's any one person here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, if they've never heard your voice, if they've never felt the Holy Spirit tugging it at the heart, I pray that today would be that day that they would respond to what you're wanting to do and that you would save them. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So one of the things about Applying paint and putting it to room. One of the things you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is, is when the first coat goes on, uh, it comes that waiting part. Comes a time where you have to wait for it to dry. I don't know how many of you like to sit around and watch paint dry, but I don't. But I know it's a necessary step. I know that you have to wait a certain amount of time for that first coat to set in and sink in before you start applying the next coat on of the things that we're going to learn about the next couple of weeks is waiting on the Lord. Meditation, if you want to call it that. There's been a lot of negative connotation putting on the practice of meditation, but it is a very important aspect for the Christian life. Meditation is just like putting a tea bag in hot water. What you're wanting to do is you're wanting to steep out all of that flavor. You want to let it sit there long enough to where all the flavor in that tea bag is, uh seeping out into that water. So that's what meditation is. Meditation is like letting God's word marinate on your mind. And so what we're going to learn about this morning is the practice of a quiet time, your devotion time. What is it made of? How does it happen or does it happen? You may not have a uh, morning devotion time. You may be a person that has never practiced that. Maybe you are a professional at it. Maybe that is something that you already, maybe you'll pick up some steps along the way this morning that will help you to improve on that already existing devotion time. Psalm 62, I think, has several steps in it that will help us in our own personal devotion time. And if you want the Lord to speak to you, you've got to be committed to having this daily time to where you are devoted to focusing on the Lord, studying his word, and just sitting there and silently waiting for him to speak to you. The psalmist starts off in verse one. He says, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. I think he opens up this psalm by number one. He's directing his attention fully on the Lord and his word. And I think if you want to have an effective devotional time, if you want to have a devotional time that is in depth, that is really, really productive, I think the first step that you need to do is you need to direct your attention Fully on the Lord and His Word. I tell you what, if you're like me, uh, it's very easy to get distracted in life. There's so much going on. There's so many, uh, so much negativity in the world today on social media, on the news, everywhere you go. It's it's very easy to get distracted, and it's easy to get our eyes off of the Lord and onto our circumstances. So let me just ask you this question. I'm going to start off by asking you uh, this question. When is the last time that you really spent time alone with the Lord? I'm talking about not doing anything else, but you say, God, I've, I've cleared my plate. I've cleared my calendar. I have cleared my schedule, and right now I just want to get alone. No news, no cell phone, no laptop. No tablet, no nothing, Lord God. I just want to get between me and you, and you have completely directed your attention upon the Lord. Let me ask you this question. How difficult is it for you to push everything off of your schedule and devote maybe 10, 15, 30 minutes just a long time with the Lord? Is that difficult for you? A lot of people think that preachers just sit behind the desk and read the Bible all day long. Let me tell you, if you want to see what my schedule's like, you follow me around for a day or two, and you'll understand that that is not the case. And many of you live your life like that. You have busy schedules. You have hectic schedules. And we try to see how much we can get accomplished in a day's time. It's most of the cases for us. But I feel like that God wants our first fruits. He wants the very best. And I think when you get up in the morning, before you do anything else, before you embark on your day's uh, task, your chores, or your housework, whatever it is you have to do, if you step back for just a moment and say, God, I'm going to give you the very best part of my day, not what's left over, not if I have any time remaining at the end of the day, but, God, I'm going to devote the very first few moments of my day to you. How much would that change your life? How much would that change your day? How much would that change your outlook on things? And I think the psalmist right here, he's saying, my soul waits silently for the Lord. He's expecting God to show up at a certain time. He says, here's the main reason that I want to direct my attention to the Lord is because my salvation comes from him. Think of everything that you've been given in your life. There is nothing greater. If you're a born-again, blood-bought child of God, there is nothing greater and your salvation that you have from the Lord. And so we see examples of someone spending solitude and devoting uh, time out of their hectic schedule all throughout scripture. Jesus modeled that for his disciples. Jesus often spent times of solitude to maintain his focus on the heavenly father. Many, many times you see him getting off alone by himself, and directing his attention on the Lord. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, if you want to write these down, he spent 40 days fasting and praying alone in the wilderness before he embarked on his earthly ministry. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32, Jesus began teaching the 12 disciples the importance of withdrawing during times of intense ministry. It was after the feeding of the 5,000. He went alone. He tried to get alone by himself to pray as he sent his disciples across the Sea of Galilee. Matthew chapter 14 verses 1 through 13. Jesus spent some time alone because he was grieving over the loss of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been executed. And he spent some time alone just grieving over that loss. Luke chapter six, verses 12 through 13. Jesus was making some very important decisions. He was deciding on who was gonna be his first 12 apostles. And so it says that he withdrew from the crowd and he spent some time praying over this decision. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time you've directed your attention towards the Lord when you had a very important decision to make in your life? Maybe it was a career change Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was an investment that you needed to make. But before you made that decision, did you direct your attention toward the Lord and say, God, I need some direction on this decision that I'm about to make. First of all, I want to consult you. What would you have me to do during this time? And so I think that our quiet time allows us to do that. If you'll take that first step and you'll direct all of your attention fully on the Lord, how would your day develop after that? What would be different about your day? Leonard Ravenhill had this to say about spending time with the Lord. and I quote, he says, a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by men. You have a hard time facing the day? Do you have a hard time facing your coworkers when you get to work? If you direct your attention first and foremost during the day, how would that better prepare you to face those circumstances, to face those decisions, and to face those relationships that you'll encounter throughout the day? So I think one of the keys to having a very effective quiet time, your devotion time, is to first of all, take everything that is distracting you and say, God, I'm pushing this aside, and I want you to be my one and only focus, During this time. Lord I want you to open my ears. I want you to open my mind. I want you to open my heart. And I want you during this time. To speak to my heart. And all of my attention. Is on you. Be focused about your devotional time. Step number two. In verse two. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved not only do you direct your attention fully on the Lord but second of all I think it's important for you to connect with him as your heavenly father and provider of all things he only is my rock I'm connecting with him as the rock of my salvation he only is my defense there's no one else that can protect me I'm connecting with the Lord as my protector And I'm not going to be greatly moved. He is the one that is going to hold me secure. And I'm making that connection with him as my heavenly father and the provider of all the things that I need. And so what is it about this concept of a quiet time that helps us to connect with the Lord and show him that we are serious about drawing closer to him and becoming more like Jesus? I think when you make that connection, you realize just who God is and how important he is for you in your life. Is he your defense? Is he your strong tower? Is he the place that you find refuge? Have you made that connection yet? Do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is your heavenly father? You're his child and that there is nothing that can separate that relationship. Some people have a difficult time connecting with the Lord simply because they don't spend enough quality time with him. Hey, listen, the more you spend time with someone, the more you're going to understand them. And most importantly, a lot of times, if you spend more time with someone, you're likely to become more and more like that person. Your characteristics, your qualities, if they are an influence on you, if they are a positive influence on you, they're going to want you to continue to move along with the Lord. So you make that connection with the Lord. And here's a couple of verses that will help you stay connected and see the importance of connecting with the Lord. James chapter 4, verse 8, if you want to write this down. James actually says to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. One of the things that you'll see in a quiet time and a devotion time is that your connection with the Lord as you draw closer to Him, He's going to draw closer to you and you're going to be connected so much with God that all throughout the day, that's what's going to be on your mind. Just like that tea bag steeping in your mind. It's settled in your heart. It's settled in your mind and your every thought, your every decision, your every word, the things that you ponder, The things that you meditate on when you're connected with the Lord, they're going to help you draw closer and closer and closer to Him. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 12 through 13. Jeremiah says this, he says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Do you see the connection that's being made there? When you commit this time, when you direct your attention to the Lord, he says, when you call upon me, I will answer you. We'll connect. We'll draw closer to each other. And in verse 13, he says, and you will seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You want to connect with the Lord? You got to be intentional about it. It doesn't just happen haphazardly because right here in Jeremiah, he says, if you'll do it with all of your heart, that's when God knows that you're serious about drawing closer to him. Connect with the Lord. How do do you connect with the Lord? You're intentional about it. You you make that reservation each and every day. God, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at this certain time, I want to connect with you. I want to be intentional about it. And I want to set aside that time to where I can direct my attention on you before the day gets started and set the pace for the rest of my day and the rest of my week. And then, Lord, what you show me, I I want to apply it to my life. I I just don't want to hear it and do do nothing about it, but I want to hear it and I want to do something about it. And you make that connection with the Lord each and every day. Number three, I think the next important thing is when you show up and you direct your attention to the Lord, and you have that devotional time, you show up expecting him to be there and expecting him to speak to your heart. Point number three, expect to meet with the Lord at a specific time in a specific location. Back to our psalm that we're working to, Psalm 62, verse five. He says, my soul waits silently for God alone. And as I read through that, I get a picture of someone just sitting there and waiting and saying, I am not going to move until I hear from the Lord. Because the psalmist, as he wrote this, he says, I'm expecting something. My expectation is from God. And when you enter into that quiet time, your prayer closet, your easy chair, wherever it is that you get along with the Lord, you go say, God, I am expecting to hear something fresh and new. From you today. God, what I heard yesterday, it was important, it was good, but I'm expecting to hear something fresh and new today. What do you have in store for me right now? And when you show up expecting that, God's going to speak to your heart. When you begin your quiet time, are you really expecting to hear from God? What do you bring to a quiet time? What shows that you are expecting to hear from the Lord? Here's some things that I bring to my quiet time. Every time I'm there, I've got a notebook, a notepad, something to write on. I've got a pen or a pencil to jot down any notes, any thoughts that come through my mind that God is speaking to me about. I've got a highlighter. I take my Bible. It's filled with places where I have little cleft notes, Uh, I've got things circled. I've got things highlighted. I've got things outlined. I've even got dates by some of these things because some of these days something significant has happened that lined up with what I started my day off with. Something that God spoke to me during my quiet time or during my devotion time. I'll say this happened. I spoke to this person. It happened at this time, this day. And then when I go back and look through my notes, I can God answered this prayer. He spoke to me and this was something significant that happened. I showed up that day expecting to hear from God and he answered my prayer and he revealed himself through what he showed me during that quiet time. Don't let those important thoughts slip away. If you're like me, you'll say, oh, I'm not gonna write it down because I'll remember it. Guess what happens? I don't remember it. <laughs> my forgetter works really, really, really well. Keep your notebook, write down those thoughts and you can go back and reflect on those things at a later time. Write down what God is revealing to you and expect him to reveal something to you. I think when you show up with that uh, that pad and that pencil that says you are anticipating to hear something from God and what you hear from God is important. It's gonna be significant and it's gonna be life-changing. Here's another thing that you need to remember During your quiet time. If you're expecting to hear from the Lord. You're not going to look to see how much of the Bible you can read in that one time. You're not looking for quantity. You're looking for quality. Even if you get just one or two verses out and God speaks to you. That means you're expecting him to speak to you right away. In your quiet time, you're not looking for quality. You're not looking to see how big of a chunk you can read all at once. I think it's better to read a small, short passage and really get something out of it than to read three or four chapters and, and just skim through something that God was trying to speak to you. But show up expecting God to say something during that quiet time. Let me ask you this question. What are you currently expecting God to do in your life. What are you expecting from God. Right now. If I were to come to you and ask you. What God revealed to you. During your quiet time this morning. What would you say. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't have one. I wasn't expecting God to say anything. I, I didn't show up at the. Reserve time that I had for him. I, I think that. One of the biggest problems with our generation and our culture today is that we're spiritually anemic, we're scripturally starving, and I think we don't get that regular quiet time and it shows it it shows in the way that we respond to different situations. But when you show up for your quiet time, you expect God to speak to your heart, and I guarantee you he will when you show up prepared. You show up ready, and you say, God, today, speak to my heart. And I'll tell you, one of the toughest things for a preacher is going into my quiet time and getting sermon notes. It's it's all I can do to not go into my quiet time and, and not get something out of a, a sermon message. Some kind of ammunition, some kind of note, something effective that I could use, but Hardest part for me as a preacher is to shove away that sermon preparation and say, "God, this is my quiet time with you." And right now, I want you to speak to my heart. D- don't show me something that I can speak to everyone else. I, I know oh so and so's doing this. I need some verses to help me uh, beat them up a little bit and rough them up and speak. and no, all. That's not what I want to do during my quiet time. So for me, the hardest part is, is separating that quiet time and that sermon preparation time. And sometimes it might be that case for you as well. You may have a situation going on to where you say, God, give me some scripture that I can use. No, let God speak to your heart first. And then all of those other things are going to fall into place and he'll give you what you need for that situation. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. That means that you're showing up. You're expecting God to reveal to you something in your heart and your life that needs to be changed. So, a quiet time. Do you have it? Do you have a time when you can direct all of your attention fully on the Lord? Do you have a time devoted when you can connect with the Lord as your heavenly Father, your provider, your redeemer, your protector? Do you have a time that you can show up every day expecting God to speak to your heart on some issue that you're dealing with? And point number four, when you do have that quiet time, are you protecting it for everything that it's worth? Point number four, protect your time alone with the Lord from all other distractions. That's a tough one, isn't it? That's kind of hard to do. say, Brother Tracy, you don't know what my schedule's like. You don't know what it's like in my household. You don't know how many distractions I have. Well, I deal with some of the same things. But here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed about people in our culture today. If it's important to you, you're going to make it happen. We typically get involved in the things that we deem as more important than anything else. If we truly believe it in our hearts, we're going to devote our hearts toward it. And we're going to find a way. We're going to find a time to make it happen. And so if getting along with the Lord is important to you, you're going to make it happen. And if getting along with the Lord is important to you, you're going to find a way to remove all of them distractions and protect that time. I don't care if you got a tape of sign on your door saying, Do not disturb. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care if you got to pull down the many blinds and lock the doors. Do whatever it takes and let people know. Say, hey, this is my time. You'll get your time in a little while. But right now, I need to be alone with the Lord. we got to sort through some issues. And this is a time I'm expecting to meet with him and he's expecting to meet with me. And I don't want to let anything interfere with that. And I think the psalmist, tells about the importance of protecting this quiet time. In verse number eight, he says, to trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. He's saying, when I protect my quiet time, when I protect my time with the Lord, he then becomes a refuge for me. He makes this place a sanctuary. He makes this a holy time. And he makes this a time that I have protected. I've devoted to him. And now this is a time when I can actually get along and pour out my heart before him. Let me just say this. When you start dealing with the issues that are going on in your own heart, you don't want anybody else around. That's not between you and anyone else. That's between you and the Lord. When David repented of his sin, he said, Lord, it is you and you alone that I have sinned against. And So when you get into your prayer closet, when you get into your quiet time, when you get into your devotion time, you protect it for everything that it's worth. And you say, God, this is a time that I want to pour out my heart before you. Because let me just say this. He already knows what's going on in your heart. And that psalm that I read to you earlier, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And God, when you reveal what's in my heart and what I need to deal with, let's get connected and let's move forward and speak to my heart in ways that i never experienced before. God says there are times when we just need to take everything that we have and cast it upon him. When is the last time that you've really gotten alone with the Lord? I mean just you and him in a place where no one will disturb you. You may be going to a remote location. You may be going and sitting on the levee watching the sun go down or the sun come up. You may be in the deer stand. You say, God, I'm out here to hunt, but I also want to be alone with you. You may be in the duck blind, and those are times when God can speak to you. But on a regular basis, in your household, without leaving the confines of your home, is there a place that you devote to? Say, Lord, this is the place that I'm going to protect as my quiet time alone with you. And this is a time when I'm going to pour out my heart and I'm going to cast all of my cares, my worries, and my burdens upon you. Dedicate a place. Get alone with the Lord. Set a time, be consistent about it, and then make it a habit. You may start off with just five or ten minutes a day, but I guarantee you it's going to go by just like that. And the next day you're going to say, I need some more time. I need some more of what I experienced yesterday. And then personalize it. What is God's word saying to you? And let this time be a time about getting stronger and getting closer to the Lord. And the last thing we see happens at the end of this psalm, verse 11. Point number five, reflect on what God has spoken to you throughout the day. The psalmist says, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, and that power belongs to God said I didn't just hear it once I heard it twice and God is speaking to me and that's the power that God's word has And so when you reflect on what you've learned in your quiet time throughout the day it becomes embedded in your mind and the more you reflect on it the more important it will become what about scripture memorization we've talked about being silent before the Lord we've talked about allowing him to speak to our hearts what about scripture memorization? How often do you memorize memory of scriptures that you've run across? When's the last time you've actually taken the time and committed to learning a verse or maybe even a passage of scripture? Psalm chapter 1, and memorize that whole chapter, it talks about walking with the Lord and how important God's laws are to a man who follows after him. But take a passage every day and look at it and say, God, is there something that I need to learn, something that I need to soak into my heart, something that I need to memorize? The Romans Road would be a good place to start. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. It all talks about the steps a person needs to take to experience salvation. The Romans Road is what we call it. But take time throughout the day to reflect upon what the Lord has revealed to you in that time. Apostle Paul talks about that in several of his writings. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, if you want to write that down. He said, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 119, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That means I'm taking time to reflect on what I've learned in the Scriptures over and over and over again. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, reflecting on what God has spoken to you. Application. Quiet time. Time in God's Word. Sunday. Morning worship service, this should not be the only time you intentionally spend with the Lord. Here's possibly the greatest benefit of spending time alone with the Lord. Other people will see the change that it's making in you as well. And they'll want to know what's making the difference in your life. And you'll say, you know what I heard this morning? You know what the Lord spoke to me this morning? here's what's making a difference in my life. When you spend time alone with the Lord and allow him to speak to your heart, when you're continuously reflecting on what he has revealed to you throughout the day, others will see the change it's making. But here's the bottom line, and here's my challenge to you, is going to take commitment. If, if you don't already have a regular, daily devotional quiet time, Commit to doing that today. Say, Lord, I'm going to set aside a time tomorrow. I'm going to give you the first 10 minutes of my day. And then you take five minutes, you read in God's word. And then you take five minutes and you just sit there and say, God, now I want you to speak to me. Speak to my heart. When you commit to spending time with the Lord, God will begin to transform your mind, your thoughts, and your will, and your character. So here's a 30-day challenge. Here's what I want you to do. Here's some steps that you can take. On the backside of your outline, for the next 30 days, they say it takes 30 days to start a new habit. I want you to try these changes for the next month. The end of October is coming up. We're about to start in November. Let November be the month that you say, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment to make some changes in my life. Step number one, spend at least 10 minutes or more in the morning devoted to the Lord. At least five minutes. Spend the first five minutes reading the word of God. I put the book of Proverbs first. Here's a suggestion. 30 uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs, 30 days in most months. November 1st, you start off with Proverbs chapter one. November 2nd, you start off with Proverbs chapter two. Why would I say Proverbs? Because Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let that be one of your first memory verses that you learn. Or read out of the Psalms. Read the gospel of John. We have resources here at the church that are years for the taking. We have our daily bread in the printed form each and every day of the month. This is for June, July, and August, but we have some new ones out in the foyer. It has a scripture passage. It has a story that goes along with it. It has something for you to meditate on throughout the day. Our Sunday school curriculum that we've chosen it actually has a daily discipleship guide in it. It has uh, enough study time for uh, Monday through Friday in advance of the up and coming Sunday school lesson. That way, you'll be prepared. You'll be knowledgeable of the lesson. You'll be ready for discussion when you get here for Sunday school at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday morning. We have resources available for you. If you don't know where to start in your quiet time, if you don't know where to start in your daily devotional or your reading, you come see me, and I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to give you some suggestions, and I'm going to help you get started on that. But tomorrow morning, spend at least five minutes reading the Bible, and then spend at least five minutes in silence. I guarantee you, this five minutes in silence, that's going to be the hardest thing you'll do tomorrow. (laughs) Is just to sit there and say nothing and expect God to speak to your heart. But spend five minutes in silence reflecting on what you have just read. That's what the psalmist said. He says, My soul waits silently for God alone because my expectation is from Him. Here's another part of the challenge what you see and what you hear has an impact on what you believe and what you think. I don't know what radio station you listen to. You might be a country western fan. You might be a rap fan. I don't know what your preference is, but switch your radio channel to a Christian radio channel. K Love, American Family Radio, Life Songs. Those are some that are here in our area. American Family Radio. They keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of politics, as a and how it relates to what we believe in. It tells you some uh, end-time prophecies that are unfolding right before your eyes. Uh, they actually have uh, talk shows that you can call in and ask them your questions on the Bible, and they'll give you answers for it. But most of the time, my radio station is on K-Love. Life Songs is another good one in this area. Look, a lot of the problems that we face in our country today, you'll hear them wrapped up in a country western song. You want to know why people are drinking, getting divorced, running around on their spouse? You listen to any country western song that's on the radio right now. I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison and she got ran over by a train. (laughs) They say that's the greatest country western song. I don't know about that. But what you hear in your songs impacts the way that you think. Why not listen to something? It's going to be uplifting to the Lord, some praise and worship, and something that is going to help you throughout the day. Outside of your quiet time, this is a time where you don't have to be silent. You can listen to something that will be uplifting to you and will help you in your decision-making. Why not listen to a great preacher on the radio? You can hear that on American Family Radio a lot of times. So take this challenge. For the next 30 days, be committed. Say, Lord, I want to draw closer to you. I want you to speak to my heart. I want to begin developing the exercise of silence and solitude. But most of all, I want you to speak to my heart. And I want you to change the way that I think. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know what's going on in your heart and your mind right now. I don't know where you stand in your relationship with the Lord. I don't know where you stand in your quiet time. But here this morning, you may be someone that says, I, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. This, this concept of a quiet time makes no sense to me just because I don't know who God is. There's nothing more I'd rather do than help you today Begin a relationship with the Lord. And here's what I want you to know, more than anything else, is that God loves you just the way that you are. And he's willing and he's ready to forgive you whatever it is that you've done. And he wants to make you a new person. But he's not gonna force you into it. He's waiting for you to make that first step. Like I said just a moment ago, you draw near to God And then he's going to draw near to you. Just like that prodigal son that left his father. He had to make up in his mind, this is not the life that I want to live. And this is not the life that my father has in store for me. I need to rise up and I need to go back to my father and I need to ask him, forgive him, to forgive me of the things that I've done towards him. So if that's you today, You're as far away from the Lord as you've ever been before in your life. Or maybe you want to start that new relationship. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The fact of the matter is, is that you are a sinner in need of saving, and Jesus is a Savior that died for your sins. But the only way to receive that forgiveness is to confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin has separated us from a God that loves us. And right now he's waiting with open arms. But the only way to God the Father is through Jesus the Son. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me so if that's you today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord Savior, when that first notice played on our closing hymn, I want you to make your way down this aisle. My life needs a change. And I want Jesus as my Savior. And we can make that happen today. Heavenly Father, we just ask you now to take control of this invitation time. God, I know that there's someone here who may be struggling. There may be someone here who's lost. There may be someone here who's never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. But I pray, Lord God, that whatever's going on, that they'll respond to you during this invitation time. We just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.